This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Paul Cochran here with my friend and colleague, Garrett Crawford. Good morning, Garrett. Hey, good morning, Paul. We're with Providence Advisors Group, as you probably heard in the bumper there, Making Finances Easier. That's our show. Garrett, let's start with uh, trivia. What is your favorite vegetable? Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to have to go... I'm drawing a blank here because I like a lot of them, but I also don't like a lot of them, too. Well, let me, uh, let me start while you're okay, thinking. Okay, yeah, you go for it. Okay, so um, kind of my go-to during the week is Sandy does uh, various kinds of things. She started using an air fryer, which I, yeah. I, I couldn't get my head around when it first came out. But she'll put uh, like either like broccoli, for example, in the air fryer and um and the or she'll like bake it in the oven. So I'm, I've discovered as I've gotten older that any vegetable she puts in there and kind of chars a little bit. I love them a lot really? better. And um, so sometimes I'll just uh, microwave some spinach or microwave, uh, you know, just kind of heat up some of the uh, maybe broccoli that she's done. But if I'm really going all out and I really want something fun, is uh, it's so ironic because when I was a kid, if you would have stuck a Brussels sprout in front of me, I mean, uh, it was like I'd rather fast. Yeah, I, they, I mean, they made fun of Brussels sprouts uh, in the 90s, uh, I think. I just wasn't going to do it. That was right on there with with turnip greens, and I know that's sacrilegious to some of the, our listeners who grew up in the South. You don't like turnip greens? What's wrong with you? Well, I'm sorry. Don't. And um, But... Uh, somehow, you know, in my adult life, somebody turned me on to Brussels that had been kind of charred and grilled or baked or whatever. And man, oh, uh, I was at a restaurant. In fact, I was down at, at Cassie's the other day. And instead of fries, I have them give me their Brussels. And it that they're absolutely delicious. That's the way to go. And I would have never done that as a kid. Well, I was thinking, I kind of hesitated at the beginning. It's kind of like the whole Pluto debate. You know, is Pluto a planet or is it not? Some of these vegetables, I'm not even sure. Are they really vegetables or are they fruit? Uh, So I don't even know if potato is a vegetable anymore, but we grew up eating lots of potatoes. My mom was from Maine, and that was potato country up there. And uh, my brother was lactose intolerant, and so we had had lots of potatoes every single night. We loved them. But uh, Way to go, Idaho. I'd say... uh, you know, when when Eva does the, like the grilled broccoli in the oven with some olive oil, uh, we have a joke in our house that it tastes like candy. And my uh, six year old, whenever he's whenever Eva's making broccoli, we say we're having candy for dinner. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll pick I'll pick broccoli and potatoes there are my two go. favorite. So go. what's going on today, Paul? What are we talking about? Well, it's funny because uh, it came up in a meeting I was in last night. This whole subject of the cost of health care. And, you know, one of the things that you and I have uh, confronted 
multiple times here through the years is people who are wanting to retire and the wild card would be health care expenses. It's not cheap. No. And so they've got to figure out a way to make it to age 65 without you know, uh, we, we know that COBRA is available. We'll talk about COBRA here in a minute. But other types of health insurance, um, some way to have, have these people who want to retire to have coverage through age 65. And the kind of the hidden kind of uh, landmine in there of long-term care. So mm-hmm. I thought we'd just touch on that today in the time that we've got. And... Um, in fact, uh, let me just start with, um, with with the long-term care, and then sure. I'm, then I'm gonna uh, throw some things at you. First, it's it's one of these things that, in in terms of a financial planning process, I, I don't think it's right or wise to somehow look at a a retiree's financial plan and not consider the expenses that are not covered by health insurance. Yeah. So if we know going into it that if you've got Medicare and the best supplement in the world, if we if we know that if you require caregiving expenses, then you're going to have to uh, pay for those out of pocket. Your, your health insurance is not going to cover it. So then the question becomes, are you going to pay for it out of pocket or are you going to deplete your savings and have you know Medicaid pay for it? Yeah. Hey, Paul, I want to jump in real quick because I feel like you know it's one thing to hear long-term care uh, planning information from just anybody, but uh, I'm sure people that listen know this, but you got your start many, many years ago in this industry in long-term care insurance. And i wonder how many conversations you've had with retirees about long-term care. It's not in the dozens or twenties or thirties. I'm sure it's in the thousands of Mm. people that Mm. you have met with and talked Mm. about with this. So uh, for listeners out there, what what he's about to go into with long-term care, it's not like this is an article he read this morning about (laughs) his hitting the highlights. Uh, He's he's been met with every, uh, you know, rebuttal and also success story with people planning for for long-term care through the years. But anyway, I just wanted to interrupt and you can keep going. Well, you know, I I sold my first long-term care policy to my mom back in in, uh, February 1st, I think it was, of 1993. And I did long-term care exclusively until like the year 2000, probably. And my colleague now, Bruce, across the hall here, Bruce has carried that mantle. I passed the baton to him to do that full time for us here. And he's been doing it really since the late 90s as well. So between the two of us, uh, we do cover a lot of ground on this. And so the, the question becomes from a planning process, like we were with somebody uh, earlier this week that based on their health, they're just not going to qualify for long-term yeah. care. Their, their spouse could. And so first thing I would say is... is And you're talking about in the application phase of long-term correct, care, Correct, right? okay. correct. It's just not going to f- fly. They do not have an option to purchase it. But in those cases, there's an argument that could be made that someone who is not eligible it makes it even more important for their spouse to get it see some people will do kind of a a pushback and well i'm going to show that insurance company if they're not going to insure me they're not going to 
get my spouse either. Well, that's a little bit like, you know, cutting off my nose to spite my face, you know, as the old saying goes. And so this is one of those cases where you need to be careful because an enthusiastic agent, you know, could if he's a trusted one or she is a trusted one, that could be helpful. But it's helpful to be able to get advice from somebody that is going to be as as unbiased as possible. So that what that means is you don't have to get long term care, but you better figure out a way to fund the expenses. So if I cannot qualify health wise for long term care insurance, then I know that my assets are have to be utilize they're going to have to be earmarked a certain amount of them are going to have to be earmarked for my caregiving expenses because typically what a husband doesn't want to do if, if or any spouse they don't want to spend the assets that they have and then their surviving spouse live for another 15 years and not have the income that they need because they've spent their assets right. so if this, the healthier spouse, the one that might qualify for long-term care, can get long-term care insurance, at least that they won't have to spend the assets that the other one, the unhealthy spouse, might need. Plus, if the if the unhealthy spouse spends the assets, the, the one who's covered will be able to maintain independence and do what they want to do. So there is a, a point where somebody if we do the math, we could say, hey, listen, you can pay for long-term care out of your pocket. The challenge is, you know, the insurance company always has more money than you've got. And I know, I mean, we have more clients than we can count that they could pay for long-term care, but they just don't want to. In other words, if I can use a percent to protect the 99%, then why wouldn't I do that? In other words, most clients got to where they are by, by uh, you know, if they have a large estate, by making wise decisions and thinking through things and not taking unnecessary risks, being prudent, planning, et cetera. And so then to just say, oh, well, long-term care is not going to happen to me, you know, that's not a plan. Yeah, and I would just jump in here too. I, I This is not my area of expertise as much as you and Bruce, but – uh, you know, I come across people that are like, you know, I've got to draw the line somewhere with insurance. I can't insure everything. Uh, I mean, I think you can buy an insurance policy probably even with a meteor hitting your house. And it's like, well, you know, that could happen and that would be devastating. But the likelihood of that is probably pretty slim. Uh, but if, if you want to, or I can even address it too. But like, how would you respond to somebody that says, you know, I, I can't buy insurance for everything? Like, why Why is long-term care insurance or why is buying insurance for long-term care insurance something that you recommend versus other types of insurance? Yeah, I think there's there are a couple of, there are a couple biggies out there because that's a great question. The first thing is, you know, we have our home insured. <laughs> uh, why? Well, typically... If it burnt to the ground, we don't want to have to spend our savings to build another one. It'd be expensive. Right, exactly. The second thing is we have uh, liability insurance on the car. If we're in a car wreck and we, we killed somebody, um, it would be be horrible, but it would also be, financially speaking, a devastating event. You could be sued and you, you would not have any money left at all. Um you also, through either your employer, we're going to touch about on here in a minute, you know, 
maybe you have Medicare or a supplement, you've got your health insurance. So, so really, those are the big three. Yeah. That the only other reason that you would go broke, really, in retirement would be long-term care expenses. In other words, you've got your health, you've got your car, you've got your, your home insured. That long-term care, it's the single largest out-of-pocket expense that you face. And so you, you, you have to treat it in a way that you have in the financial plan, you've thought through how it can be funded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was even thinking too, like the likelihood of somebody needing care uh, I mean, we can think about the older people in our lives, and they hit that point where, uh, again, I think they call them activities of daily living where they aren't mm-hmm. able to bathe themselves, feed themselves. Uh, uh, I think there's even cognitive issues in there, but people often <laughs> hit those points where they need they need help and care. And so uh, the meteor hitting your house is probably a really unlikely event, uh, but uh, decline in physical ability to do things uh, is, you know, we're all heading that way if we live long enough. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, we can get into the, you know, the risk of, you know, your home burning down or being in a liability lawsuit or, uh, you know, any number of things versus the risk of long-term care. But really, it's not even close. Long-term care is a much higher risk. Yeah. And so, consequently, the premiums cost more. And so that gets into a whole other thing. Well, what about what about those premiums that keep going up and other things? Well, we can talk about that maybe in another show. But the point we're making today is that is a challenge to be anticipated that must be included in a financial plan. Because if a, fin- if a financial advisor doesn't talk about how to fund an expense that is a wild card out there, it's malpractice. Yeah, and I'd even go as far, to as saying, because, uh, you know, sometimes you'll line up a few different advisors and they might have a different nuanced opinion on a subject. And long-term, long-term care would be one of those. I don't think every, every advisor is saying you have to run out and buy a long-term care insurance policy to, to fund that. But, um, that, you know, there's also biases for advisors that, you know, manage wealth for clients and assets under management to set aside an amount for long-term care, that's usually a large chunk. And so there's a conflict of interest sometimes with, you know, even advisors like us, we have to, we have to keep, keep tabs on our biases uh, to make sure that we're making the right decision for the client. Uh, because you could imagine where, you know, for an advisor getting started and, you know, trying to generate <laughs> revenue that, you know, sending a quarter million dollars out the door for a long-term care insurance plan, uh, you know, that's not in the best of best interest of their business either. And so, uh, you know, that, that's a very nuanced topic, but you want somebody helping you with that plan uh, that is willing to help you do the right thing. Yeah. And I am just going to uh, kind of just brag on you and Bruce and just what we've got going here. By the way, 865-770-5031 if anything we're talking about triggers a question, you'd like to give us a call, feel free. But to, what I love about what we do, one of the things, is that if there's ever a question of, hey, what are my motives here? How's this looking? We always conference. We look at each other. Hey, w- what would be best? W- what is help me think through this situation with this client? And between the three of us, we're trying to walk in integrity. We're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to treat every client like like 
it, either it was us or we're trying to get into their shoes and really do what's absolute best. So between the three of us, we're, we're able to shed light on each other's thinking to be able to help us guide the client forward. Yeah, and I've seen you even walk into talk to Bruce that they can't afford it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not it's not in the cards uh, to buy a policy would would not make sense for them. Uh, but anyway, well, why don't we switch here just a little bit? Because I was I was thinking uh, long term care planning. You know, I, I use a software called Money Guide. I can blow up almost any financial plan in existence when I turn the long term care event. That that's a, it's kind of it's a hard one. Yeah, let me interrupt you real quick. So, um, the the numbers right now uh, in our zip code three seven nine two two, a private room uh, as of twenty twenty one was like at seventy six hundred a month. Um, you can find something more than that. You can find something less than that. Um, uh, assisted living is, is going to vary. I know when my mom uh, passed away this past March, uh, we were up to uh, close to six grand uh, because we were having to pay a little extra to have her be able to stay in that assisted living facility. But the reason I, I interrupted you is because depending on where our clients live, like you, you compare those numbers to McLean, Virginia, which is a suburb of D.C., the numbers are double or close to it. They're 13000 a month for a private room as opposed to 7600 So where a client is thinking of retiring, whether it's the, the Upper Peninsula in, in Michigan or San Diego or Florida, um, looking at those in the financial plan is important as you allocate resources. So now going on the health insurance yeah, uh, another one for Tennessee, I think. Um, okay, so uh, again, long-term care, the, the tricky part about that is duration. It, it can be really tricky. Correct. It's like you might need that for two years, but you might need it for 15. Right. And if we multiply 10,000 a month times 120,000 times 15 years, that's not, that's uncomfortable for anybody. But uh, so that, that's a big rock in planning for retirement. And these other ones are, you know, they're seemingly just as big, but probably on a aggregate dollar amount won't reach uh, those levels. But uh, just thought it'd be helpful to spend a couple minutes here talking about health insurance, because I would say a lot of our conversations with clients as they're thinking about retirement, they're walking in our door and they're saying, you know, I kind of know how much we spend at the grocery store. I know what kind of car I like to buy, what kind of house I live in, our property taxes. We know all that, but what we don't know, we're not good at this. We've never retired before. We've never aged before. Uh, how does Medicare work? What are the prices? Can you even ballpark a, an amount of our savings that we should be thinking about allocating towards expenses in retirement? Because we kind of intuitively know we're going to be spending more the longer we age. But, you know, health insurance at our employer was getting expensive there. And the little story I have here is I remember my first college co-op in 2008, 2009. I think that might have been the time Obama became president. I didn't follow any of this. I was in college. But I remember showing up at Duke Energy and the you know kind of office chatter was about kind of the ridiculousness of health insurance and some of the mm. rules that have changed. Mm, yes. And I think it was something about, you know, you can keep people on health insurance till 25 or 24, something like that. But it seems like in my, you know, last 10 to 15 years of my life, health insurance has become a bigger and bigger and bigger problem where people's health insurance premiums uh, can usually out, out 
grow the amount that they're spending on their mortgage of their house. And depending on how much money you have or what employer you work for, it can make a big difference. And so um, I just thought I would, you know, the traditional kind of circumstances, somebody's maybe have a married couple, one person is working, they're going to try to make it to 65 so that they retire and can hop on Medicare. But there's a problem if there's a younger spouse yes. uh, and the older person is ready to retire at 65. And what are we going to do for health yes. insurance for a spouse that's four or five years younger for four years? And so maybe historically for your parents' generation, that wasn't as big a deal. But right now, uh, once you escape the 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 cover the curtains of your employer subsidizing your health insurance and you start to realize how much your health insurance costs if you got to pay out of pocket uh people's eyes glaze over and say how can i afford to retire right now uh but i went on healthcare.gov this morning that would be for somebody who doesn't have access to an employer health insurance plan and they just want to pay for it out of pocket i just looked up blue cross blue shield for a bronze plan uh, that was seven hundred and fifty dollars a month, uh, with a eighteen thousand dollar family deductible. So you got to pay. Uh, well, actually, this one I'm looking at is lower than that. What I was saying earlier was a average bronze plan was seven fifty, but this one I pulled up for a bronze Blue Cross Blue Shield four seventy six a month. Uh, that includes a subsidy. Uh, but it has an $18,000 deductible, meaning you got to go through $18,000 wow. before you get any assistance. And a gold plan uh, just goes up and up and up. It says $1,500 after a $1,000 tax credit if you're making $135,000 a year. Mm. That starts to go away, and you've got on a gold plan maybe a $4,000 deductible. Mm. Uh, so that is wherever you're at an income level spending as much on a house on your health insurance plan is no fun. So there are some options. In fact, maybe another show we can talk about, like we've utilized uh, like the uh, Christian healthcare ministries, some of these sharing alternatives that began back in the early 90s. In fact, when they first started, I didn't, didn't think they were gonna make it, but here they've they've yeah. survived the duration. And so they, they can be high deductible plans. You, you can, uh, well, any, any thoughts on those? Uh, well, s- and it's not really insurance, but another thing is uh, uh, you can kind of pair with some of the family sharing plans or direct primary care practices. I'm a member of one here in Knoxville, and uh, I think it's wonderful. Me but, too. Uh, anyway. Well, we'll, we'll uh, we're kind of out of time, but we can circle back to this another day. 865-770-5031. Making a financial plan, it has a lot of elements. And if you have questions on how to do it, give us a call. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. 
All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.